get your facts straight. That is one big pile of shit. What kind of music you like? Ask me if I give a shit. <laughs> Chicken ain't nothing but a bird. I think the shit's about to hit the fan. everybody welcome it's another episode of the silver emotion podcast my name is will my name is steven and uh today uh we're talking about a movie fuck i didn't look at the year i think it's 85 but god only knows if i'm right or not i am right it is 1985 yeah uh it's called reanimator directed by Stuart gordon um it's his first movie Mm. He's made many others since, um, but uh, this is where it all started. All right. And, uh, this is the uh, pre-full moon movies, or this this is a member of the of the the full moon family. <laughs> um, yeah, the company that that existed that Charles Band had before he had full moon features uh was called empire international Mm -hmm. and this movie was um probably the most successful out of all of the empire movies Mm. may i mean they had a couple of other ones like ghoulies and stuff but i don't think anything was as, as successful as this or at least as well regarded this is yeah, definitely the one that stands out to like the the, the general horror crowd. Yeah, but uh, uh, Empire didn't produce it. All they did was um, distribute it and mm, okay. and do some lab work towards the end or post production stuff like that. They 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 brought it to Charles Band, completed or 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 filmed already, and said we need this. Can you give us this for distribution right. rights and stuff like that? But uh, Stuart Gordon made a whole bunch of movies for Empire after that, and then mm-hmm. uh, for Full Moon also. Wasn't it? Didn't it have a Charles Band does like the music in this movie or something? Or was music that... by Richard Band, Richard Band okay. which is Charles Band's brother? Okay, and he does a lot of music for uh, Full Moon movies and Empire movies and. I don't know that he... He probably has done a couple of other non-Charles Band movies, but I'm I'm not not too sure. Okay. Yeah, that's his brother, and he does a lot of music. So, yeah. Um, but before we do Reanimator, I'm going to read this feedback that we got. Oh. It's technically... It's for a movie that you haven't seen. 
uh, from the good old days of when I was all by myself. Wow. <laughs> going all the way back. So uh, I'm going to read this. I don't know that uh, there will be much discussion of it, but uh, I figured I'd read it on the podcast since it is uh, pertinent to Christmas time. Oh, hey. Even though this will come out probably in 2019, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, from my friend Evan, uh, he writes in, uh, on the episode number 15 is where he left the comment. I don't know if this is where I talked about that movie or not, because that was a long fucking time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, quite a ways. And I did not go back and check, but uh, anyway, Evan says... I finally got around to watching Christmas Evil based on your recommendation. I always liked the shitty hand-drawn poster for it, and I remember seeing the cover in video stores when I was a kid. For the longest time, though, I thought Christmas Evil was another title for Silent Night, Deadly Night, and always assumed that I saw it or I had just uh, mixed the covers up. How many Santas with axes exist on movie posters? (laughs) After hearing your review a while back, I started wondering if I actually did see it. Great flick, though. The main character was damn good, and you could tell it was made with a lot of love. It was hard to tell where it was going at first, and it surprisingly wasn't a typical horror Santa slasher. It kind of played out like a Christmassy taxi driver. First you had Travis Bickle, now meet Travis Kringle. (laughs) This motherfucker. Uh, The movie had a great sense of humor too, and I'm a fan of the ending as well. Surprised this movie seems to fall through the cracks, probably because it's not horror enough for horror fans, but too weird for anyone else. I would agree with that. Um... Thanks, Silver Emotion, for shining some light on this cool shit. It's a gem. Merry Christmas. Well, thank you, Evan. Uh, and, yeah, fucking Christmas Evil is awesome. Uh, unfortunately, we uh, didn't get to do a Christmas movie this this uh, this time or this year. I was right. probably going to throw uh, Christmas Evil into the mix if we, if we did do one. Mm-hmm. Uh, either that or Silent Night, Deadly Night, my two... The two big ones. Black Christmas is also good, but that's a, probably a little too standard for for Steven. Yeah. I I am kind of picky about my horror. <laughs> you are. You are. I don't know that you'd like any of them, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, I would say, if I had to guess, I would guess that Christmas Evil would be the one that you would like the best. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's a good one. It's more of like a like a character study kind of drama hmm. with uh horror elements and um the ending is really cool in a in a weird way. I don't want to say anything spoilery, but <laughs> I fucking love the ending. And the ending yeah. is one of these points of contention where people are like oh, I fucking hate the ending. <laughs> you know. <laughs> But I think it's one of the greatest endings I've ever seen for uh, okay. a horror movie. You know, uh, it's it's good. It's it's well done. So thanks for the feedback. Um, if you're if you're 
listening back on episode 15 maybe one day you'll catch up to hear this uh, in the future yeah <laughs> too busy making masks to listen to podcasts but that's okay uh i should point out that uh trauma has finally released uh digital only at this point but eventually they'll put out the blu-ray but they finally released return to return to newcomb high <laughs> which is the second part of return to newcomb high which features uh the special effects work in part of of evan hey there you go and so they finally put it out on digital for christmas and uh, i haven't watched it yet but uh it's out <laughs> so if anybody wants to see Evan's work in action, um, he did effects on, on certain parts of it. And uh, so go sounds, check it out. Sounds fun. Yeah. I suspect I will probably have, should watch uh, Newcomb High in the first place beforehand. But Yeah, you could watch Return to Newcomb High without ever watching any of the other ones. But I would say it's probably more enjoyable if you've seen... <laughs> seen the other ones especially not even just the Newcomb High but just the other trauma movies mm -hmm. I don't know because like at this point trauma movies are so fucking self-referential self and like fucking kabuki band shows up <laughs> for a scene and Toxy just drops in and <laughs> all kinds of weird shit just happens and I don't yeah. know they're they're They've got an established world, and yeah, they're kind of a weird. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much, but they're it's very acquired taste. So, uh, with that, that uh, all done, Reanimator, which uh, could be an acquired taste. Um, I know that uh, it's it's. It's a movie that has rubbed people the wrong way in the past. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm coming at it from a weird angle of actually having read the Lovecraft story first. Yes, that's probably not the normal yeah, I, way that people experience this movie. I imagine, yeah, that would be the other way around for most people. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just read the the, the story um, in October. Mm, okay. And, but I had seen the movie before, obviously, so... Yeah, and I just read the story, like, a few weeks ago or something, and whatever that was. Yeah, so... So it's pretty fresh in my mind. And we jumped on the opportunity. Yeah. So, I was uh, watching the movie through that lens of, like, oh, what are they going to do with this concept? And yeah. just how are they uh, changing it, or... Did you know going in, I mean, I guess the cover m may give it away, but did you know that it was modern day? Um, I don't think I just knew offhand, but it didn't really surprise me or anything. It was yeah. just kind of like, I, I recall at the beginning of the movie going, oh, okay, they're they're putting it in modern, all right. And yeah, yeah, because the, the story is whatever, yeah, guess, whenever modern Poe to Lovecraft. It. Yeah, so it's, uh, Poe, yeah, Lovecraft piece. What is that, like the 20s or something Yeah, like early that? 20s would have been when he wrote it, I think. So Yeah, I think it's a fairly early so thing of his. Yeah, obviously the story by Lovecraft is not set in the 80s with no. the 80s <laughs> no, <laughs> equipment and stuff. Definitely so. not. Yeah. 
So it's set in modern day, and it's uh, the story of Herbert West, uh, the reanimator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he definitely wants to reanimate things. He sure does. And I, I, I think the character himself is kind of not really too much different from what he is in the original story. Yeah. In terms of, you know, his personality and yeah, his I think goals it, and objectives. and I think it's, it's a pretty good adaptation of the character. Yeah. From what I remember of the story. Right. The, it's all uh, the way back in October. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> it might not remember. Uh, I don't remember much. <clears throat> no, I, I remember enough. Yeah. But I, I think they captured that character pretty well, you know, other than the fact that he's not blonde in this. But <laughs> Right, yeah. But... Small detail. Yeah, it's a meaningless detail, all things considered. But. Right. Yeah, and Jeffrey Combs is awesome. He's he's uh, a great actor, and this is probably the yeah, defining he, uh, role. He definitely he he sells that character. He sure pretty does. Well, so he sure does. Like you know, he's he's dedicated to the craft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's a weird guy. The the character of Herbert West. Yeah, he's kind of. He's uh, he's just a just a fucking off the wall kind of dude, not in a crazy kind of way. I mean, he's crazy, but not in a like outwardly crazy. Yeah, he's, he's very just, controlled about yeah, his. Yeah, he's, he's he's a little bit like Vulcan about it, where he's just yeah, it's it's all just science, and he is yes. all about the science. I love that almost in pretty much in every situation that he's in in this movie. He almost immediately is just like, okay, this is the new experiment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what can we learn from this moment right here? Like all the way through everything that he does is pretty much. And so yeah, I, I really yeah. enjoy that about him. Yeah, even at the end there when he's uh, yeah, he's like, oh, I I gotta see what this is. I I I just injected him with this shit. I gotta find out what happens with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's, he's, he's right to the end. Yeah, and and the way that the story, the Lovecraft story, is written, it was written as a serial, right? Published so, like once a month or something. Structurally, it's very different in that. It's, yeah, and like you couldn't, you couldn't just straight up adapt that story. Yeah, I mean, anyway, you could, but it'd be a little weird I mean pacing. you could yeah. but like every 15 minutes it would just like shift setting and <laughs> right <laughs> reset right. you know it would be kind of odd yeah yeah and I was kind of like expecting it but that was one of the things I was like oh okay they're just they've kind of taken away the transitions to different locations and yeah because the the Lovecraft story goes like it, it skips in like years it does and, it does you know it'll just be like oh here was him as a student and now he's a practicing doctor here, and now he's years later with us. And right, yeah. They use um, at the beginning of the second movie, they use the the war setting because there's one story where they're set. Mm, yeah, it's like yeah. World War One or something like that. Right. And so the beginning of that second movie is they're they're at some, they go to like fucking Guatemala or some, <laughs> some like fucking. South American war zone, and they're down there like doing weird experiments with the dead bodies and shit. And that's where that second one starts. But, mm. but, uh, but they do in this first movie, they do, um, 
while creating a, a story that is a you know beginning, middle, and end as a traditional story would be, um, they still rope in a lot of the things that are yeah, in, yeah. in those. Yeah, Lovecraft a lot of the, the concepts and, and the different moments in there did get kind of a version in the film. But, yeah. So it, it's definitely adapting that story. It's not like they just ran wild with it doing whatever they wanted. <laughs> they were definitely taking the ideas and concepts of it. And Right, like a lot of the... the... Does he do a cat in the book or in the I'm story? I'm pretty sure he does. I think he in the first do one he does a cat, yeah. And it's, I, I don't thought. think it's as detailed as it is in the movie at all. It's just no, like, yeah. it's kind of like, oh, he was doing it on cats and there was some cat. He, he yeah, I think it is a, to, a quick thing. But it, yeah, it was more of like, oh, the 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 prelude to actual shit going down. But, right. But yeah, but all like the... Because I don't think he has a... Does he have a teacher in the book? Or in the story, I think it's just the the teacher might be there. There's some teachers that get in that he does kill in the stories. In the there was some weird thing about like because the the dean did not like his experiments and was trying to shut him down. And I think at some point the dean wound up being that was actually something that was definitely in the movie. Is the dean gets turned into this crazy dude locked in a padded cell. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So that that definitely happens in the story. I don't know if there was a specific teacher besides the dean though. Yeah, I think it I think it was that. And then but then there is the guy in in one of the sections of the stories where they uh he basically gets beheaded and then is walking around with the fake head and yeah, yeah. his head so that's, like <laughs> yeah they kind of that was in the war part in the oh in okay the stories so that was so they took that war part but they just like okay we can't just jump from setting to setting to right. setting in this movie so they just fit that in as well as they could like yeah. even with the uh, the fake head that it that he puts on to. Like this, that's in the story too, where he's got like an artificial right. head to make him look like a normal human. Yeah, and they're carrying his head in the duffel bag. And the fucking uh, the an- anatomy <laughs> head that's on the guy's desk or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So yeah, there were all these little weird touches that were just like, oh yeah, that was from the stories. Yeah, yeah. And the guy like the um, when they revive the 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 muscled dude in the in the morgue right that's there's what, that one part where they in the book where they have the boxer who's like this perfect physical yeah yeah form and stuff and so it reminded me like oh that's probably where they got this yeah little yeah. thing so yeah it was just all sorts of weird little things like that that were just like oh hey that's from the story <laughs> so at a, as an adaptation of the story to the cinematic form do you think that they did a good job yeah for the most part yeah and i would i kind of think i might have preferred to stick the the protagonist the point of view character closer to what he was in the in the story yeah because he's he is the part that is the most different in in so remind me of the guy in the story because the guy in the story was He's he's the point of view character, and Lovecraft stories kind of usually have this. I've found, or at least yeah, his generally early stories yeah. so far that I've gotten through. Like he's got just this guy who's 
narrating the events that he witnessed or was a part of and right so there's kind of a there's a distance to it in that the character speaking is usually a very intellectual kind of guy he's you and okay but also that <clears throat> like the guy in the story was like really like he wanted to be involved in it like he was not like because in, in this movie he's kind of blackmailed into it and then gets kind of caught up in it and yeah sucked into it and he doesn't really want to be a part of this at all he's not super into it yeah <clears throat> yeah he's just kind of like oh shit I've, i'm i'm stuck here with this shit going down i've got to do something right like he's kind of he winds up kind of being tied up in herbert west's shit but right not by a choice whereas in the the story it definitely felt like the, the narrator the main character was just like he was like oh we're gonna like end death like i want to be a part of like he was all into it and really wanted to be a part of this research and yeah yeah and was and it was just only later that he realized just how fucked up it was getting and <laughs> yeah and like like okay. he was on west side for like a long part for like the first half of the the story yeah and then it was just kind of like as it went, he was kind of like, "Oh man, this is I don't I don't know. We're kind of going a little too far here," <laughs> and just kind of getting progressively more and more uh, kind of disenchanted with it as it goes. Whereas yeah. in this one, it kind of like starts off where he's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And then right. as, as it goes, he kind of gets more into it. Yeah, I feel like. I don't know. But, I don't know if that would be good as a movie, though, because... Yeah, I feel like... Like, you need some kind of a conflict, and if you just have two guys that are both into it... Right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how... Like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that change was made specifically for the pacing of the film and... Yeah, and the like, audience to have because you know he's also got this girlfriend because right. they're like, oh, well, we need a damsel in distress kind of thing. We need yeah. this... You know, so a lot of it felt like trying to normalize that main character to be the the everyman yeah the you, guy to like get you into it and yeah and he he never the in the short story the guy never felt like the everyman the guy who was just kind of yeah to be your surrogate in the story it was <laughs> but so so in a way i kind of feel like oh that kind of that's kind of a part of the identity of the story to me that kind of got lost but right and in a way, just the whole it it just to that for me is kind of the the more generic aspect of the movie of just the yeah we've got this generic main character who's just the generically nice guy who does yeah 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 regular this is true. stuff and okay he's got the regular girlfriend and they're doing the regular thing that all the movies do with the yeah that's true that's <laughs> so true. it it okay. kind of felt like that part of the movie was more towards just generic and not very yeah unique and engaging in a way that the original story's character might have been a bit more engaging to me anyway but, okay i no, i see what you're saying but i also kind of see that that might have been more engaging to me but not to a general audience that would have uh <laughs> not to a general audience also but but um just trying to think of like why why would they change it and i i'm trying to think like well this is Stuart gordon's first movie Mm -hmm. and it was produced uh, independently so they had to secure money and things and so to produce something they're already producing something that's like 
a little out, out it's there. It's out yeah. there. And so I imagine maybe they had to make it a little normal to sort of like <laughs> get, <laughs> get some yeah. money in or something. I don't know. But right. They, they might have had to go to the producer with an idea that like this is this thing like this other thing that succeeds. Yeah, and maybe. Because I just I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I producers aren't necessarily going to just be like wow that sounds like absolutely nothing i've ever seen before let's fund it they'll be right like, that sounds like nothing i've ever seen before it won't make any money no go away right <laughs> like, so that's what i think like like trying to mitigate risk by saying right. like well we've got this part that will you know be a little bit normal and then it'll go crazy and right that, that might have been their their hook know. for the producers or something yeah and, I, I don't know if that's the and, case but yeah i mean it may have been something that you just couldn't really avoid having in there to some degree yeah just knowing i don't know any actual stories from the production but i know the producer brian uh yuzna i don't know if that's how you pronounce his name but uh anyway that guy produced all kinds of crazy movies Mm. and then he went on to direct all kinds of crazy movies and this dude is super into weird shit (laughs) (laughs) and i love his fucking movies but like he's he's all about just going fucking as far out there as he possibly can and and really trying to push visuals and and fucking taboos and all kinds of weird shit so he was definitely on board <laughs> i have right. no no problem believing that like yeah he wanted to do everything possible but just convincing other people to Maybe fund it so, yeah <laughs> it's the, i don't know but yeah, he's uh I like him a lot. He produced like he produced all these movies with Stuart Gordon and he made he directed a movie called Society that I like a lot. Mm. Um but anyway. Yeah, I guess it's it's I guess it is a little normal in that in that sense, but Just that side of it. But right, kinda... right, right, right. Hmm. Okay. But, all right. All right. Like, I'm not sure it's necessarily bad per se for the movie structure. Yeah. But just kind of what I had wished to have out of it, I guess, was. Uh, yeah, you were looking for that, whatever the, the yeah, so relationship was, from the, the story. Yeah, and I mean, it was. I was I was looking at more analytically in just terms of like what were they doing different. What were their choices for this? How were they evolving this yeah. idea? Less so than like, oh, you weren't doing it like Lovecraft. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, it was just kind of like, that was probably, that was to me a bigger change to the story than having it set in the 80s all in one university rather yeah, than yeah, scattered yeah. across the years. Like, to me, that just changes the flavor of it more. But It does. It does make it a little bit more normalized. They do give him a little bit of a, like, I don't want to say a desire, but, but he, he, yeah, the first scene that they have him in, he's trying to revive the lady and he can't do it, but he wants to do it. And so there's clearly like he, he, as any kind of doctor wants to save patients. And so he, he, they give him a little bit of where he's just like frustrated with, with right. current life-saving technologies. <laughs> yeah, you, you can see him kind of like going into like like he would want this. 
yeah as a, as a, in a generalized sense he would want to have this kind of uh reviving ability yeah in the sense of the how then the rest of the movie plays out though they don't they don't engage that so much because then he gets pulled into it right very, very quickly with his yeah. cat and stuff yeah and they kind of yeah the cat kind of just gets kind of pushed to the side like he's like he's upset about the cat but it's like it kind of quickly uh gets sidetracked from there and yeah not. because like herbert west he is a a, a student of medicine and <laughs> right he is you know interested in the science and he does become sort of fascinated with like oh wait you fucking you did it holy shit <laughs> like you brought back this cat yeah in, in a, a horribly unpleasant fashion but <laughs> right but then at that point then that's when they go into the morgue he, like he sneaks uh yeah herbert into the morgue and stuff and so then he becomes more a little bit more active but yeah, right. I would I would agree that that guy, that actor, the character, everything is kind of a little bland. Yeah, a little less. Uh, Especially up against fucking yeah. <laughs> Herbert West yeah. and and the the doctor and. Um, yeah, the other characters are. Yeah, I mean, even like lot. Barbara Crampton's character, the the girlfriend is a little. You know, she's got more life to her yeah, than yeah. him that is true poor guy yeah. i feel bad now. <laughs> oh well he's gonna write me an uh, angry email <laughs> like i tried my hardest with that movie <laughs> no i like him he's yeah. good i i enjoy the character but i just i don't know he is like the one sort of bland thing in a movie full of things that are not <laughs> bland. Yeah. 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 You know, it every once in a while just maybe just facially or something, he would uh kind of uh remind me of uh Bruce Campbell or Yeah. You know, just something about his look. Yeah, I can see that. Especially when he had like the little like tank top on, and he's got this big freaking bruise over his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of like, oh yeah, Ash just got punched in the face by something. That happens all the damn time. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, he is a similar sort of sort of guy. I don't think he has quite the chin of Bruce Campbell. <laughs> no, it's just it's just every once in a while I'd see him and just be like, oh, he's, he kind of looks a little bit. <laughs> just yeah, he kind of looks. Like he could fill that part in a uh, in a pinch if if you really needed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce Campbell has a little bit more swagger, though. Yeah, yeah. even even in the first Evil Dead, where he's he's uh, just like a, a young actor who doesn't really know what's going on. <laughs> like he doesn't really even have the swagger in that first one. But uh, I don't know. There's you see the spark right <laughs> <laughs> and i don't necessarily see a spark with this guy yeah <sighs> hmm. but, yeah yeah i think i think maybe the most thing about it is that he he never really convinced me that he was like this really smart scientific guy he he always felt like he was a little more of the uh <laughs> yeah a little more generically just kind of 
like more of the jock kind of guy. Yeah, he he definitely has a bit more of a look that of being yeah. more of a jock. He does have that look, yeah. And and certainly like like you said, <laughs> sitting him down next to freaking Herbert West, it's like he's not. <laughs> yeah, but they make an interesting pair, though. I, I enjoy that. Yeah, one. yeah. There there was definitely some of that going on. It's I don't know. There they it works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love it, so of course it it works for me. But yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not trying to really like hate on it or anything. It's more just like analyzing the differences and yeah. where it went and why it went there. You can hate on it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any trap doors to <laughs> drop you into a pit or anything. <laughs> just a little <laughs> rope dangling from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the walls will not start to close in with spikes or anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, reanimator. Yeah, it's uh, definitely got some gore. It does have some gore. Now, when I was younger in the 80s and this was on VHS. This movie was hard to come by in its uh, in the form that we watched it. Mm. It was released, um, according to Wikipedia, it was released to video in unrated, which is the form that we watched it, mm. and R-rated versions. Mm. Now, as far as I knew, the only thing I ever saw in a video store was the R-rated version, and... I never saw the unrated version around at all. Like it was mm. just a thing that was it was very hard to come by. But supposedly, I guess it was out there. And so the R-rated version basically removes most of the the good gore mm. and the uh, and it adds a, a, actually it adds scenes um, that are not in this version um, mm. that were originally cut out. I don't think Stuart Gordon put together the r-rated cut i think somebody else did because he's um he said like yeah fuck that <laughs> just watch much what my my version the the unrated version but uh, originally it, it got an x rating really uh for gore and violence and so they had to in order to get it into a lot of video stores had to do some editing on they had yeah. to do some editing because yeah they a lot of stores wouldn't carry x or unrated movies back in the day yeah hmm. um, oh, it, it honestly doesn't seem extreme enough to me to merit an x rating i would agree i don't think it's that bad but i mean there's gore i sure but yeah i mean there's definitely gorier movies than this for yeah. sure and even at that time, I want to say that there was more extreme stuff. Because, I don't know, maybe it's just because of the tone of this movie where it's, it's, uh, it's horror, but it's, it's, it's comedic. <laughs> it's like dark comedy. Yeah. And so it's not, uh, it's not the most serious movie. <laughs> and so to me, the gore seems less than it would if it was like a real serious sort of thing. I don't know. 
I think one of the big things that was cut was when um, when they revived the the Muscle Man and uh, Herbert West grabs oh, that, that fucking that saw drill saw yeah, thing and punches it through his chest. Yeah, yeah, and goes through the chest. I think that. They might have cut that part out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if I remember right, it was like that shot where they have that full front shot of him and the fucking thing coming out his his chest. I think all of that was cut, and it was just the part where you see him put in, into his back, like where you don't actually see it connecting flesh, and then when he falls and you can see the thing like in embedded in him. Right. I think that's how it was cut before, but it's been a that long time sense. since I've yeah. seen the old one. I, I do recall that scene being like, oh, wow, you just punched that right through the damn. damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty, I guess, pretty extreme, especially for for the ratings board, <laughs> yeah. which are traditionally um, a bit more low-key people who are not, <laughs> I don't know, I think of them as... Uh, yeah, and it's weird because I wasn't really thinking of that scene in terms of gore, just in terms of like, oh damn, he punched that right through him. He's like fucking, serious. <laughs> like he was fucking serious about this shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, the gore wasn't really what surprised me about it. Just like, oh man, right through him. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, you you don't necessarily get it. It does come as a surprise. Yeah, kind of. I kind of didn't expect him to. I kind of expect him, you know, just stop part way through and be done yeah. with it. But <laughs> now he just jams it right through him. Herbert West, not really the kind of guy to stop part way through. I guess not. <laughs> he is going to see it through to the end. <laughs> uh, He's a man who gets results. Yeah, that, that maybe not the right results but results nonetheless <laughs> no and and he's going to learn something from whatever those results are yeah he's, he's definitely all about those notes and and documenting all that and yes he is very focused on that yeah and so like where the story the original story transitions um locations the sequels basically transition him to locations mm -hmm. um mm. the the second one i don't remember where it's set i don't it's it's definitely not in the school but uh there are returning things but i can't remember too much about i don't really like that one so it's just there's a lot of good things about it but mm. not a great movie it happens yeah, it does. But they they pull stuff from the other parts of the story that they didn't pull f into this one, and, and yeah. it's cool. But it's just I don't know. Next to this one, I fucking love this movie, and so I want to love the other ones, but and they're they just, just don't hold up. They're just not not as good. The third one is probably better than the second one as a movie. The third one wasn't made until. Like, the second one's probably, like, 1989 or something like that. And then the third one is, like, 2002 or something oh, wow. like that. And, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, like, Herbert West is in prison. <laughs> and so he's doing all these weird uh, experiments while he's in prison. And it's not it's not really related to the actual story that much. But mm. uh, it's a fun little, fun little journey through the prison life and... I don't know. 
else to say about it other than yeah i don't did anything surprise you or um i don't know anything really surprised me per se it was just i was sitting there yeah mostly i was just kind of like okay what what part of the, the story are we gonna like adapt next how is that gonna fit in yeah yeah like because they have the severed head guy in the story so i guess that wouldn't yeah it wouldn't be too surprising yeah, so it was kind of like, like I've got a weird of approach to it, having come yeah, yeah. right off the story very quickly. And but was it fun to see that play out? Yeah, what well, it was. Like, did you enjoy that? Yeah, it was interesting to see their little uh, how they envisioned this this scene going on. And yeah, yeah, it was uh, how they handled different things, like the cat clinging to his back and like he's got a little cat vest on almost <laughs> like, ah. oh poor kitty yeah <clears throat> oh especially bringing it back again that was uh oh yeah to, to prove his point there yeah yeah oh you like cats yeah that, was that that was, that was hard kind to of watch. a little sad where yeah. like even you know poor kitty as, as much as it was kind of a, a carpet thing puppet that's <laughs> Well, yeah, sure, it was a puppet, but but still... Uh, yeah, it was just kind of like, all you brought back with a broken back. That's not... <laughs> yeah, what does he say? Like, don't expect it to tap dance or some shit. He says something like that. Yeah, it's like, it's got a broken back. Like, oh, God. <laughs> I, yeah. Did you find it humorous? Did you Did you laugh at anything? Not really, honestly. Not really? Like, maybe that part about the, the cat not coming, like, the, yeah. maybe that part a little chuckle, but honestly, I didn't really find any of it humorous. Oh, man, se. there's so just... much, like, weird comedy to it. I don't know. Like, like shit, like, uh, <laughs> when they find the cat in the fridge, <laughs> and uh, that, uh, what the fuck is that? I don't even remember what his character's name is, the, the main yeah, the, yeah, I don't the, know. The bland guy. Fuck, I can't even remember what his name is. And I literally just watched the movie. Anyway, whatever. He's like, what the fuck? Like, wh why didn't you tell me or whatever? And he's like, I had to go. What am I supposed to do? Leave a note that says cat dead details later? <laughs> <laughs> I always liked that. I don't know. There's this, it's a, It has a weird, weird sort of dark, weird, odd sense of humor that yeah, I don't know. I, I find I, it. I guess there's weird little enjoyable. things like that, but I don't know. They weren't like, I don't know. They were just a part of things. I don't know. Yeah, it yeah. Just kind of flowed, and it didn't really seem like. Well, of course he says something like that. Of course that's the next <laughs> line of dialogue. Why wouldn't that be? <laughs> yeah, I don't necessarily think of them as jokes. Right, but it's I, not. I definitely think of them as as like, I don't know. It's this movie. I have a hard time taking it seriously. It's just such a fun little ride. And so right. I'm just I mean, it's, sitting there like, yay, <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> it is kind of just this fun little adventure. Right? Like, it's not, like, I mean, I, I guess it's dark, but it's not, like, it's not brooding. It's not. No, 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 no. It's not, like, wallowing in terror and misery or anything like that it's yeah and i don't see it as trying to be scary all that much either no no it's it's just kind of this bombastic little 
zombie movie kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's. I guess it's a zombie movie. I never think of it as a zombie movie, but it basically is. Right. Because they're bringing people back, but it's kind of like a weird Frankenstein sort of. Yeah, a little bit thing. I guess that's. I read a little thing about why Stuart Gordon decided to make it, and I guess he was talking to somebody, and and he was talking about how he fucking was sick of seeing all these vampire movies because mm-hmm. everybody was making vampire movies and why didn't anybody make a frankenstein movie and and his mm. friend was like oh you should re- have you read the herbert west reanimator the lovecraft and he's like no i don't know any- i haven't read it and so then he read it and was like oh shit let's do <laughs> this is fucking cool let's <laughs> let's make this a fucking movie and so i don't I always thought of, of Stuart Gordon as like this big Lovecraft fan and maybe that's the moment that started, started it, it yeah. because uh, he made multiple movies based around his stuff and hmm. and so I, I assume he's a big fan but maybe uh, maybe that was his uh, first that, contact yeah maybe that was just the beginning because yeah. the next movie that he made for, for Empire is a movie called From Beyond which is uh, based on the story From Beyond by Lovecraft. What and a then, surprise. Yeah. I don't know. He made, I think, five, four or five. Hmm. Five, maybe six. I don't know. There's, uh, yeah, all kinds of movies. Good stuff. Yeah. Lovecraft, not the most adapted um, no, oddly to enough, film. I think you'd, you'd think there'd be more you'd stuff think, his, but but you'd think but honestly after having read a bunch of his stories recently um i do kind of feel like they'd be hard to transition i think they would be fucking hard yeah because so much of what he writes is very psychologically terror it's yeah like, and how do you represent that on the screen adequately yeah i mean you like, could do it but you'd have to be good yeah it's you'd have to it they'd all like any like attempt to really tran like translate his ideas like fully and completely right. onto a screen you'd you'd have to have one hell of a psychedelic movie it would <laughs> yeah and like a lot he has a lot of this existential sort of horror of, of yeah. the universe being vast and yeah full and of crazy how you <laughs> yeah how things. do you represent that without yeah you know just narrating it and that's usually not what you want to do in a movie is right you stick a narrator in there to talk over things no we, uh, i generally don't 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 like that i mean that that is a very tricky technique to pull off yeah well it can film. be done very well for sure but it's so easy to screw it up and just make yeah. it boring and obnoxious and yeah and like use it as a crutch or whatever yeah and, and yeah and how you would put that universal terror of lovecraft into right into film otherwise so in, in a way like this reanimator does not do that at all it does not no and and, and i wouldn't say that even the the original the this story, story doesn't, doesn't yeah. try to do that either and and but it is also much more psychological horror and that the main character in the story is always talking about how disturbing and creepy these things are. Yeah. In a way that doesn't really come through in the film, but No. It's it's not trying to capture that at all. It's just like, hey, 
here's some dead guy jumping up and trying to choke the yeah, guy out. Right. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it would be hard to to represent the. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's because it'd be a totally different movie if they if the zombies didn't just <laughs> start attacking and being weird and right. It would just. Uh, I like the the manic energy that this movie has right and it it kind of fits with herbert west's character it does just being himself this very manic yeah like so i don't know it kind of it works in in that regard for what it's trying to do and like so, so the movie accomplishes its own goals even if they don't completely line up with the story yeah but i mean that's fine. I don't. I've I've tried not to fall into the trap of they changed it. That that's a bad thing, <laughs> you know. Right. Well, that, yeah. That's. I think that's kind of a lazy thing on, on the part of the fan. Right. To just immediately like, disregard things that are changed. Because there's a lot of people that um, look at like Peter Jackson's uh, Lord of the Rings, and they're like, "Well, it doesn't have." this part so you know fuck those movies <laughs> yeah it's like well it doesn't need to it's right like yes i would love scouring of the shire at the end of the fucking movies but literally do you really think that that makes sense <laughs> at the end of the fucking movie the movie that's already three and a half hours like yeah let's have just another 45 minutes of of <laughs> fucking battle at at the shire like no yeah <laughs> it, it just it doesn't make sense within the context of of movies right <laughs> like we can't do that no we don't need tom bombadil for God, you know like he's cool in the in the book he's fine but jesus christ yeah we've we've only got so much to work with here right there's only so much time yeah so <clears throat> Yeah, so in the in the in the context of cinematic adaptation, I, th- I feel like they did a good job. Yeah, I think I think they did, and they they added in new fun weird things that, like, like as much as uh, having the girlfriend character, yeah, doesn't really matter in a way. Like it's not it's certainly not a part of the original story. It's not no. It's a fairly large part of this movie, though. Yeah. I mean, not large, but... And it kind of works because it's building up a different sort of conflict, like its its own conflict of her father being uh, overprotective of her. Right. And kind of this conflict she has now of who to be angry at and upset with over like it's (laughs) then you know that that just adds a whole layer of of conflict to her character that works for being a a story and the basis of uh the con the tension to build up in the story and yeah and i like that the uh dr hill the guy that gets his head chopped off i like that uh he has that weird obsession with her. Yeah, yeah. Then, like, there's <laughs> you think that one more layer to throw into it. Yeah, right. Because she's been the the you know she's the the daughter of the dean. He's a teacher there, so they he's presumably watched her grow up. Right. Because <laughs> he's I get the the impression that both the dean and Doctor Hill have been there for many while, many years, yeah. and so yeah, it's just kind of this weird they don't go into it much it's just a thing that 
that they oh like he's they find this the folder of fucking hair and yeah, yeah. <laughs> newspaper clippings and weird shit and and uh I don't know, it's just like this sort of weird element that they bring in. Right. And it's that I like. You know, it it adds all sorts of conflict in yeah. there to spice it up like yeah, yeah even with the main character like oh what what do i t- how much do i tell her how like what <laughs> right, how much right. to hold back how much to <laughs> let her in on and her to be like she kind of hates him now because he's this he's involved in this stuff but then she's like she can't hate him and stuff and he's still like on her side and helping her it's yeah. just like it just adds in all this drama that i mean that's what you want in a, in yeah. a story so yeah it makes for a good movie and it's it's not like uh it doesn't feel like it's bogged down by this extra drama it's right it just it feels a part of it and and it very flows naturally it's, it's, yeah. yeah it's just part of this the little stew of the reanimator <laughs> yeah i like it yeah and I like how they bust in there and at the end and which is I guess it's kind of uh in a way what happens in the short story at the end but not yeah quite. where where the yeah cuz in the short story the uh the guy with the head yeah, it kind of comes like kind back of, with this army of other yeah dead things that well, and they like they they go and they get the uh, the guy out of the insane asylum. I remember something. Yeah, they, like, yeah. Break him out, and so there's that scene where he goes and like gets the guy out of the little padded room, right. which is kind of weird because it's like that's his office, and he just has <laughs> yeah, a, just padded a padded room, room on the other side, <laughs> fucking <laughs> adjoining his office, which is a weird sort of thing, right. <laughs> But, and you know, in in the short story, like that's never really like none of that is particularly explained, other than that, like these things are theoretically things that Herbert West brought back to life, right? And then they just are out for revenge. Yeah, yeah. And this movie kind of gives even more into that of you know the guys the he's stolen the serum and so he's reviving these other corpses and controlling them yeah. and it's got like this whole thing going on with that and yeah i like that a lot it was like oh there's like some real explanation here of what's going on and how to build up this whereas in the short story it's just like yeah it just kind of happens and you're just like oh well shit right <laughs> and like the the addition of of the conflict where herbert west and him are like arguing about the specifics of brain death and things. oh yeah yeah and then the one guy dr hill has his brain laser right thing that you know and then he does it to all these guys and somehow gains fucking <laughs> telepathic control of them or some shit right like i don't know it it's uh it, it doesn't make sense but it kind of makes sense enough <laughs> to where i'm like all right sure <laughs> i think it wound up making some small degree of sense in a way that like because of the short story is like it because where the short story goes into more of it is when he's doing the the revival of the head yeah he's doing it specifically to be like oh i wonder if there's any connection here like if i physically separated these two parts that's right is there still an interaction let me revive like and he's trying to experiment with that and 
he is doing that in the movie. You can see him just kind of opportunistically go, oh, I haven't done this before. Let's right, see right. how this... But it's like... Parts. <laughs> I haven't done parts before. Let's see what this... <laughs> but the story actually kind of just does actually explain that he's trying to see if there's still this kind of psychic connection between yeah, okay, the sense. head and the body, which there clearly is in this story, in yes. this world at least. Yes, um, yes. Uh, so, cause he revives the head and it's still controlling the body. So it kind of makes sense in that weird way of like, Oh, yeah, if he's okay. able to kind of psychically control his body from a distance, why not be able okay. to yeah, okay. work that it. into the others somehow? Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's perfect sense. Yeah. So it's kind of like, of course it's kind of piecing the two versions together to explain yeah. that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. You know, the other thing, well, there's two things I was thinking, but the one thing I was thinking is that uh, the way that in the story, how each little episode of the, the original story is like a little slice of, oh, well, Herbert West is doing this thing and well he had to move because of what he did the last time <laughs> right and so now he's like going over here and he's exploring like a little bit of a different aspect mm-hmm. of reviving things and it reminded me of that's exactly what the hammer frankenstein movies are oh okay they follow dr frankenstein and like the first one is is an adaptation of the it's like it's not an adaptation of the novel, but it's uh, the basic Frankenstein story that everybody knows. Yeah. Um, put through the hammer lens, and then all of the sequels are like, well, he fucked up, so now he's moved, <laughs> and he's like has a different name, and he's yeah, exploring yeah. a different like. Now there's one where he's like trying to capture the soul of a person, and then take that and put it into another body. <laughs> And there's one where he's, like, trying to create, like, the perfect body instead of, you know, because, like, in the, the first, the, the the movie version of the story, they use a fucked up brain and a fucked up body and stuff. So, I don't know. It just reminded me, like, oh, that's, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, the people behind the Hammer films were aware of the, the reanimator story yeah, and maybe. were like, hey, let's try to take that. And people don't know the Lovecraft story in the same sort of uh, right. name Can't recognition. Really yeah. Right, but they know Frankenstein, so let's fucking go with that. Yeah. And what were the Hammer films? They were 70s, were they? Or The first uh, Frankenstein movie is 57. 57, okay. And the series goes probably through this early 70s mm, okay. they only they probably made like six or seven in each series like the dracula's and the frankenstein's both have about probably six or seven and mm. the other ones have less but they didn't crank them out they made them you know every okay. couple of years they'd make another one and yeah. hmm. but they're all the the cool thing is that they're all they're all uh they all follow the, the last one Okay. The Frankenstein ones are more episodic than the Dracula ones, but those are also relatively episodic as well. Hmm. There's just one. There's a cool one where, the, at the end, Dracula is frozen in this fucking lake, 
and then in the next one he is fucking thought out <laughs> and then comes back to life and it's really cool um that's my one like reference of like how they tie the two together but yeah. it's more well done than just some <laughs> cheesy dumb shit like that but <laughs> i guess you have to like that kind of 60s filmmaking to to think they're cool but i yeah. fucking love them they're way gorier than most things around that time too so mm. so they're fun <laughs> not that they're super gory but they just uh it's it's weird because it's it feels like a 60s movie but then there's like oh he just chopped his hand off okay <laughs> don't see that every day <laughs> they're fun the other thing i was thinking is that this uh the movie and the lovecraft story are set at miskatonic university mm, which right. um in the in the lovecraft oeuvre yeah it's a pretty big location <laughs> it's, a, it's a huge thing that ha it comes up throughout his stories right and the herbert west story was the first story that he used the the university mm -hmm. and so i was thinking about it in the movie obviously they use it it's a well-known thing of right lovecraft but uh in the sense of like the doctor has a padded cell next to his room like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. It's fucking weird ass Miskatonic University. There's just crazy shit happening there all the fucking time, and weirdos just flock there. And yeah, <laughs> so yeah. like, yeah, why, why not? Totally makes sense. <laughs> there was something else about that that I was just like, yeah, I don't know, fucking Miskatonic. Of course it happens like that, <laughs> but I can't remember what it was now. Right. Yeah, like that security guard. <laughs> I love that because you would think that he would freak out but he just sees it and he's just like what the fuck <laughs> and then I don't know that you ever see him again I think he just fucking leaves yeah he just leaves. takes off he's like I'm nah nah we ain't sticking around for this shit <laughs> I did expect a little more out of him because it's he, he does that setup at the very beginning of the movie where he's bringing in the dead body yeah, and the guards just like, oh yeah, I don't know why they keep anything locked up around here. Nobody wants in, and nobody's getting out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like... yeah. That's more setting up. Yeah, I, I the 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 fucking mania towards the end there. Right, I kind of expected something more like tying that in when the the zombies or reanimated corpses, whatever, whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah. their official. Description basically be, zombies, yeah, you know, just kind of bust out and start running around. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you do see the guard, and he just looks at it like, Oh, just, no, I'm out, <laughs> just like we ain't sticking yeah. around here. I just love how he sees it and he mouths, What the fuck? very, very quietly, like he just mouths it, he didn't even say it, right? And he's not even that surprised by it, he's just like, Oh, what the fuck? And so, you do get that sense, like. He's probably seen some shit before. It's, it's Miskatonic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not again. Jesus Christ, this fucking place. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that, that university goes through. Like, if you read more 
so many weird things happen at that fucking place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sure I will see plenty more. I can't remember the names of the stories because they're they're. I don't want to say that they're generic, but they're. There's a lot of them where it's just like. Yeah, it's not specific. The it's, shadow in the dark. <laughs> yeah, there, there's just a bunch of like, just <laughs> ominous sounding. Yeah, you know, who knows what this is kind of things. Yeah. And there's one that's like the house of the <laughs> uh, the house on the hill. It's not that, but it's something like that. And if if I remember right, that's the story. And this <laughs> and it's all about this fucking guy that that uh is like half human and then eventually he goes to Miskatonic library to look at the necronomicon copy that they have and then while he's looking at it he fucking disintegrates <laughs> on the floor <laughs> and all these fucking professors are just like oh, what the fuck is this on oh. <laughs> like trying to figure out what the hell happened and stuff and then the, it goes on from there um to go back to what's what the guy left at the house. I can't remember what the fuck it's called though. It's something about the house of the house of something. Hmm. Maybe it's not the, I don't know. Now I'm thinking it's the Dunwich whore. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I can't remember. They're all kind of, yeah, I mean, there's Lovecraft stew in my head. Yeah. There's one that's like the lurking fear or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that one. See the ones that that were made into movies, I know a little bit more because Full Moon made a, a lurking fear movie. Mm. It's not a Stuart Gordon movie, but uh, I think Jeffrey Combs is in it for a little bit because they liked to throw him in movies. Because by that point, that's like the mid '90s, so like mm. Full Moon, the budgets were lower, and yeah. and uh, Jeffrey Combs was a little more pricey at that point, mm. but. Uh, I know that story pretty well because of that movie. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, his, uh, he also just, Lovecraft just tackles the same themes repeatedly. So yeah, a, a lot of does, times that can know. kind of blur together too. And that you've kind of, s- there are a lot of similarly, they're all unique while you're reading them. And I, I wasn't right. I was able to keep them all straight when I was reading it. Was I was like, oh yeah, this is that one where this shit happens, and then oh yeah, that was this one. <laughs> but man, now it's been a few months, and it's just like fuck. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of because he <laughs> likes to hit on certain things and yeah. tackling them from different angles, but it's all like it is very similar, like human degeneration and yes. like human de-evolution almost to like, because <laughs> there's, there's a one lot of that ones. Yeah. There's a lot of stories I've read that have just kind of been about that of yeah. you know, people degrading and <laughs> monsters or yeah. Lurking fear is actually yeah, yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like he hits on these themes a lot of, something bizarre and out from beyond our understanding of the world, just haunting somebody and chasing them around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And they all, they all have that same kind of weird tone to them as well. So that all kind of, they'll run together a little bit, not in a bad way. It's, uh, it's hard to describe. 
it's like his style is so unique that anything by him is like immediately kind of recognizable yeah. as a, a Lovecraftian thing. Right. And so right. it kind of doesn't it, like it can just all just it's Lovecraft. I don't know. It's something Lovecraft. Right. <laughs> it just kind of. Yeah. I like it a lot. Blurs like. together. Yeah. Yeah, when I read them, I read a whole bunch of them this October, and then I thought, like, oh, I should, uh, I should just like every October read, read a bunch, and then eventually he only wrote whatever he wrote, and so right. then I'll just like <coughs> reread the ones I read, and then you know maybe twenty years from now I'll remember which title goes with what story <laughs> <laughs> for another month or two. Yeah, right. It'll well, hopefully by by the repetition of the you know. After a while, I'll get it after I've read yeah. each story, you know, a few times or something. Right. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, but this is this is actually just, even in Lovecraft stuff, I think Reanimator is a very unique one. I would agree his from what things. I've read, yeah. Because it was a story he wasn't really into. It was more just, like, for a paycheck. Yeah. And so he was structuring it the way this magazine wanted it structured. And yeah, I saw that. They wanted him to end everything with a cliffhanger. Right, like some and, kind of like yeah. punch to... Right. Like, oh, you gotta end it with something big and gory and, and splashy that... Yeah, will... that's not really his style. Yeah, yeah, it's just not the way he goes through things. And the story itself is kind of much more just like it, it's a Frankenstein thing or a zombie thing or something like it's, he's usually yeah. much more psychological in yeah, the threat and, and much more imaginative in this, in the sense that this is a thing like, like it is kind of, I don't know if it's, I wouldn't necessarily say it's based on Frankenstein, but it's like a, a derivative or a, you know, it's from the lineage of Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> and a lot of his other stuff that I've read is like it. The lineage starts at that story because it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, this he definitely totally was kind thing. of pushing his own. Like, if anything, it goes back somewhat to Poe. That's true. He he was a big fan of Poe. So and, and I haven't really read. That's a lot of Poe, where so. he gets his, but the. It goes back to Poe in a stylistic sense more so than in a specific content okay. and like what specific monsters or whatever are going on. It's more that he's taking that kind of like existential depression and, yeah. okay. and translating it into a scientific form rather than a that makes sense. A supernatural form. Like he's kind of like that was his whole goal was to take the supernatural out of horror and to make it grounded in reality because he felt like if you could if you can make someone scared of reality yeah that's much more potent than making them scared of fantasy that they yeah. know doesn't exist and they're gonna right. walk outside and be like there's no vampires anywhere so, yeah like but if you can make you them scared in. of humanity itself becoming some weird ape-like thing like oh that could actually like theoretically functionally yeah. happen in some way or another you oh, man. like that just makes it all the more potent so that was always his kind of idea behind it but i love it and that kind of does kind of start with him that idea of science and knowledge being scary and, yeah and, 
and that knowing too much is going to ruin your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that probably goes back to Frankenstein though too. I mean, because that whole that whole book is yeah, kind of like yeah, yeah. There's uh, a thing about that where there, there is a little bit of that. He goes too far and it like fucks over his whole family and right. <laughs> his whole life is just like dedicated to this one fuck up basically. Yeah, it's different. In the sense of of the way it's executed, but yeah, he's a he's a very unique writer. Yeah, I love him. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I and that's the first thing I ever read of him is just this October. I'm, I'm oh wow, I'm uh, yeah, finally I've, sort of trying to get my horror cred with the, the yeah, I've. I've I'm not too experienced with them either. I've been just kind of very, very slowly going just chronologically through everything he wrote. So, so it's been a, so I'm like, I don't know, maybe not even a fifth through or something. I don't know. I mean, this was right pretty quick. I've only read like one or two stories after this. So after reanimator. Yeah. You know, and, and his chronological going yeah. on. Huh? I think the one, uh, got the title of it offhand but i'm in the middle of or no maybe it maybe it was the lurking fear was is that one i just read too that was the one that was yeah. right after this and i think that might have also been yeah i think that one was also the same thing it was something he wrote for that same magazine oh uh, okay for so it's it has a very similar episodic structure to it where yeah the guy kind of goes and yeah, yeah, I I remember he's that. Like, oh, I went through this whole thing and it was horrifying. And here's where it began. And yeah, here's yeah. this this first little <laughs> episode of let's go on. So that yeah, that was yeah, it was lurking fear. And so I guess he did a little bit for that magazine. To I guess they they were paying. Got to so, pay the bills, yeah. man. You know, hey, what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's like. Uh, Phil Dick, he wrote all those short stories within just a few years. The reason being that he needed to pay his bills, and that's what he did. Right. Like, he didn't have another skill, and so he was good enough to sell stories, so he just cranked them the fuck out. Yeah. And then uh, as soon as he didn't have to write short stories to pay the bills, when he, you know, when he was able to get money to write novels and stuff, he just totally stopped and just started <laughs> writing novels yeah so you know so it's the way you got to do it sometimes yeah okay uh, i think most of lovecraft stuff is short stories has, yeah for the he, most he part he has a few novels but mostly it's yeah short stories or maybe yeah. a novella but yeah i don't like uh mountains of madness at the mountains of madness yeah, I, I think, think that one's uh, novel length that's, that's considered a novel yeah yeah. Some of the like I read the one Shadow Out of Time. I do remember the title of that one because it's fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the story of that one like kind of blew my mind. But uh, that one's pretty long too. But I don't think it's novel length. I mean, it's maybe a hundred pages, maybe. Mm -hmm. So I guess yeah. technically that's a novel. But yeah, kind of approaching it. Yeah, it might be more of a novella kind of length. Like, yeah, it's that weird length where it's. Right, too long to be a short story, but too yeah, short definitely, to be a novel. definitely so. wasn't a short story. It was it was an in depth sort of endeavor, but that's a good one. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. Anything else about uh, Stuart Gordon's reanimator? Mm. No, I think where I was uh, originally going with this whole reanimator being very unique among Lovecraft stories in, yeah. in that in that sense that kind of makes it better for a movie adaptation and that it is yeah I would agree where most of his stories are these weird psychological things that are difficult to translate onto screen this is one that does not really have that kind of yeah. impediment this one's a little bit more straightforward yeah and honestly Lurking Fear is kind of that way too where it's a bit more straightforward in, in a physical sense yeah physical antagonists and physical I, threat yeah that I would agree. The movie, not great, though. <laughs> I mean, maybe I should watch it again, but... Uh, uh, not not your recommended list? <laughs> I don't remember it being that great. Mm. I remember the effects work being all right <laughs> like being i enjoyed that part of it but that was a very small part of it because full moon didn't have the greatest budgets at that time mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i don't know i don't remember too much about that one being good hmm. which is unfortunate but yeah i don't know maybe i'll watch it again but I won't subject you to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Although you did just read it, so maybe I, we should. I did just read it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I have that one anymore. I, I, I don't remember. A lot mm. of these Full Moon movies were hard to find when I was writing the reviews. Mm. And so, so like... Rented them or... Yeah, some of them I had to buy. I, I, I had a lot of them Netflix had or I could find them at the library or you know, I don't know yeah, I was just, just like every source I could find I was trying to hunt these right, movies down so, I know a bunch of them I had to buy from Full Moon and that was the only way to get them mm-hmm. and then uh, that was definitely one of those mm. but I don't remember if I still have that DVD or not because I know I sold some of those ones that I didn't wasn't too crazy about yeah Anyway, fascinating uh, yeah, yeah. thoughts to consider <laughs> while on a podcast. Uh. <clears throat> so I was thinking about things um, with horror movies. I was trying to think of like, what what's a good question to ask Stephen and like to, to gauge the, the enjoyment or something. And so I just, it's a very simple question. Would you watch this again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd be. It's a hesitant. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd be, I'd be down for it again. Like maybe not like immediately. I don't, I don't need to like sit down right this minute and watch it. But if you did, I would be very surprised. Because <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I would say that most movies wouldn't get uh, an immediate rewatch, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you know if. Uh, Somewhere down the line, you know, some October, somebody says, hey, I want to watch Reanimator. Yeah. I'll be like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Because I was thinking about, like, other movies that we've watched, and I was like, well, I get a sense that, you, you know, you enjoyed it. But enjoying it and, like, liking it to the point where, like, yeah, I'll watch it again. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's two different things. So, yeah. I'm trying to. Yeah, maybe. Trying to. uh 
Because I don't know. There's a lot of movies that I like, but it's just like, I like it, but, you know, there's too many movies. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably yeah. never watch this again. Yeah, I mean, I suspect, like, in terms of am I going to just be like, oh, I want to watch Reanimator again. I don't know that it's going to be like. You're not going to hunt it down. Yeah, I mean. You're not going to buy your own copy. Right, right. <laughs> but it's. It's one I wouldn't just be like, uh, I, I gotta take off. I gotta find another thing to do if it's right. what's on and yeah. If if you just happen, you know, you're you're uh, let's say you walk in, your mom's watching a Reanimator. <laughs> hey, all right, let's watch Reanimator. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah, that might be a good uh, a gauging question of. Uh, yeah, because it's just uh, I don't know. Yeah, to like, like never again to yeah. I want to watch it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's because uh, like like where I rate a B movie where it's like this is how you know, this is how it rates on the B movie scale and the regular scale. You know, it's like I feel like there needs to be more than just did you enjoy it. Yes. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I would probably enjoy watching it again if it were on again some point. Personally, I think it gets better as yeah, you watch it. Yeah, I mean, it. and that's the other thing with me is that I'm kind of I'm always able to like go back to something again and see yeah. it in light of knowing how it ends and how it's set up and right right that always gives me a new perspective on a movie at least for the second watching so unless it's a bad movie and just... yeah unless unless it's just a bad movie I'm just like oh fuck this, <laughs> this shit, shit again <laughs> <laughs> so i would say in most cases i'm willing to watch a second time yeah just to see if i get a different perspective out of it or a different uh enlightenment of seeing the early scenes with the knowledge of what right. comes later that always kind of like seeing the setup and how it was constructed yeah. is always something I enjoy doing so in general I will be happy to watch it be open um, to uh, unless it's yeah. like if, if it's a movie I enjoyed I will in general be up down for yeah checking it out again I will someday, say but you said that with the majority of movies you would be interested in watching a second time to to gate you know to see how things are set up and stuff I, I to that i say that uh, if the majority of movies that you're watching are in that category of like yeah that's that seems like a good uh, good <laughs> it would be ripe for a reappraisal <laughs> I think you should add some really bad movies <laughs> to that equation and get it to be a little bit more like uh, <laughs> even where you're just like, man, I would never watch that again. That's just me. I yeah. I, I mean, the, if if the it's a movie, should be widened. <laughs> if it's a movie I just don't like, then I'm probably not gonna want to watch it. But once once it passes that threshold of it's yeah. an it's an all right movie, I'm probably not gonna mind watching it again. But. I know, I'm just trying to... Yeah, I think there is a window there of, yeah, it was all right. I don't really need to see it again ever. Yeah. But. Well, well, we'll have to watch some of those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I just I, I enjoy watching movies that that I enjoy and that you enjoy and it's it's fun. But at the same time, it's just like I don't know. I wanna. <laughs> I, there's something about me that that uh, wants to find a movie that uh, is a challenge. <laughs> I don't know why. I guess I'm somewhat sadistic in that way. But I just I don't know. For me personally, um, like the full moon watching all of the full moon movies there's like 300 something of those fucking movies jesus and so i've almost watched all of them i probably have like 15 or so left that that just continue to not be watched because i've been uh very off my game Mm -hmm. but um being forcing myself i don't want to say forcing myself because i enjoyed the whole experience but but being in put it in that position putting myself in that position to where it's like i'm gonna watch all of these no matter what mm. and there's a lot of them that i don't really like but i will say that going through that experience of watching all of those movies i wouldn't like take away the bad ones i feel like i have changed <laughs> by watching all of those <laughs> movies and that my whole outlook on b movies and everything like just film in general and just enjoyment of any sort of type of movie has really grown and i feel like it's a it's a good thing to yeah broaden the spectrum yeah and then yeah for sure i i I would agree with that i know you've uh mentioned every once in a while we bring up some movie that uh (coughs) that gets a lot of shit yeah and you'll be like Oh, there's way worse movies than this. If you, if this is your yes, worst movie yes. ever, then you have not seen bad movies. Right. <laughs> and that's the thing with people that like Howard the Duck. <laughs> there is no way in hell that that is one of the worst movies ever made and people that say that need to check their fucking heads cuz that movie is fun as a motherfucker. <laughs> like it's weird. I get that like a normal mainstream audience wouldn't like it cuz it's fucking weird, but that's awesome (laughs) and i like it it's so weird that it's awesome and the stop motion that has some stop motion at the end that's just incredible Mm. absolutely incredible Mm. i don't know that movie's dope i don't give a fuck troll 2 fucking (laughs) (laughs) troll 2 horribly worse compared to you know howard the duck is way up on the spectrum of quality filmmaking But uh, Troll 2 might be more entertaining. I don't know. Just, yeah, all kinds of uh, weird movies that are enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, I I totally get that. I I enjoy just uh, understanding a whole spectrum of things that uh, that I'm interested in. And, and yeah, you got to look at the bad stuff with the good to see how it yeah like the yin yang you know that's a fucking it's a circle it all play it all you know works together so i don't know i don't necessarily want to say like oh let's watch this movie that i know is a piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) because i don't i don't think that's the best way to do it but right i want to find a way to to watch movies that are a bit more questionable (laughs) (laughs) a bit more questionable and i guess maybe the 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 good the good um opening volley would be something like 
Howard the Duck or Mac and Me or hmm. Troll 2 or something where it's like the more well-known bad movies. Yeah, you know. I don't know. You know, I have actually like wanted to watch Howard the Duck because it does sound so completely freakishly weird. It's cool. It's like, yeah. Good or bad, if it's just totally out there and weird and different from everything else that in a way is its own worthwhile experience so. i think you would enjoy it i'm just yeah, gonna I mean, say that like i'm gonna call it <laughs> i think you would enjoy it and i think that most people if they allowed themselves to just you know shut the fuck up for a few minutes and enjoy a fucking movie i think they would like it too yeah. I, I think that howard the duck gets a bad rap yeah i'm kind of reminded of a calvin and Hobbes strip yeah where Calvin at at some point just decides that his life is going to be nothing but perfect things, and that, like, <laughs> yeah, he's he's going to like forget the lows. He's just going to jump from peak to peak of happy to ever in, expanding <laughs> happiness for the rest of his life. And I, I forget exactly how it goes, but it's just kind of like that's not going to happen. <laughs> like you're not gonna <laughs> you're gonna have those lows. You can't just yeah, for sure. You, you have to experience lows and highs. There is a, a, a mindset, though, that if you go into a situation with an upbeat sort of uh, mm-hmm. mentality, it does change the way that you interact with people. And, you know, like there is something to be said for the positivity of that. Right. But, yeah, yeah. it's definitely not going to be all fucking wine and roses or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, and and to speak towards that, Calvin and Hobbes, he was not going into it with a good attitude. He was going into it with a, this better be fucking good or oh. I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> like, well, yeah, you know, it's kind of like this, like it was a very different kind of a thing. Like he was not going to be satisfied with anything that did not meet yeah, well, the then perfection. That's, <laughs> then that's definitely not the way to do it. Right. <laughs> if anything, it was kind of the opposite of yeah. just acknowledging that bad things are going to happen and you're just going to have to accept it and move on. It's a part of life. Yeah. Yeah. So Calvin always made bad choices. I guess so. I don't really know. I don't really know anything about those. I never read Mm. them. I always thought they were uh, kind of boring looking and I never, never got into them. Mm, Boring looking. Yeah. Just the whole, the art style, nothing ever really drew me in. I always thought like, you know, I'd see it in the the paper. They'd have a thing and I'd be just next. (laughs) I don't know. Everybody else loves them. Yeah. I'm I'm sure I would like them uh, if I actually got into them, but yeah, sure. Cause that's like one of the most like artistically distinct comic strips I can think of. Maybe not distinct, but like, it does have its own style, and you yeah, know, it it's, just, it's one yeah. of the most like it just quality artwork out of. Any. Yeah, no, it it looks good, but it just doesn't uh, never drew me in. Yeah, I don't know. What can I say? It's just yeah. the way I am. Well, it's about a, a, a <laughs> snotty ass six year old who wants everything his way. And yeah, that's yeah, and, I don't and know. is that's very imaginative. Helping. That's not helping. He's he's very imaginative. And he has a stuffed tiger as a best friend that is uh, that he sees as a living thing. Yeah. I don't know. So I don't know. It's 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 at its best when it's inside of his imagination. Yeah. And it's just he is suddenly this 
like Flash Gordon esque character running yeah, around right. saving the world from everything <laughs> or whatever different little thing he's come up with at the moment. Yeah, and, little kid brain stuff. Yeah, and it's fun. I don't know. Never drew me in. Yeah. I, I think the it ship act- has sailed at this yeah. point for it, me. It actually has a lot of contemplative stuff too. That's what I hear. Yeah. Like when it, whenever he's out in the woods, he's contemplating things. It's like a, one of the more contemplative. Yeah. He goes out in the woods and he just talks philosophy about weird random yeah. things. See, like, I'm into that, but I don't know. Just as a kid, it didn't. I don't yeah. know. Didn't draw me in. And there's. At one point where he's he's walking around with Hobbes, he's just like, "Oh, do you believe in the devil? You know, some supernatural entity bent on the corruption of mankind." And <laughs> and Hobbes is just like, "I don't think mankind needs the help." <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it just hits things from weird angles. Yeah, and yeah, that's a. It's one that I I frequently think of and. I always loved as a yeah, it is very well regarded. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying just a, you you never read it and it never. If I read some, it it never made an impact. I didn't. Yeah. I don't ever remember reading like more than once or twice mm-hmm. on some, you know, yeah, it was newspaper uh, thing or something. It was one that always like it's it's. Yeah, it's just kind of weird because that was the one that always jumped out at me of being like yeah. the only one that I would ever like actually <laughs> wanted to read. And like, <laughs> see, that's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd always go hunting for that. So that's the just, thing with art. I mean, you know, it's uh, some things jump out and some things don't. Yeah. Some people really enjoy uh, fucking macking me. <laughs> <laughs> Others don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I guess if you wanted to see what Calvin and Hobbes is about, go to like the the later year Sunday strips when he, because that was what he always loved to do and what his he yeah. always put the most effort into and into what, the Sunday things. Yeah, especially like later on in the strip when he kind of got m- more freedom in it. Oh, when he was the, already famous and so. Yeah, and he because they're being printed in a newspaper strip once you have a very limited space and it has to be blocked very specifically in order to be rearrangeable by the newspaper to fit whatever format they use so there's and so once he at some point he just went and negotiated and said no i'm not doing that i need to be able to structure this how i want and so he renegotiated how like his contract Mm -hmm. in his contract how he is and once he did that, his Sunday strips just totally changed and they became the entire focus of what he was really doing. Oh, that's He'd cool. make these just gigantic, elaborate uh, just scenes and hmm. spacescapes and just and wow. that that was where his artwork really just you could really see like, holy crap, this this is an artist. This isn't just huh. like some this isn't Garfield. This isn't like it's, I like Garfield. <laughs> Don't be disparaging Garfield. <laughs> I fucking like Garfield. But it's just like, like he'd do this big like alien planet full of like yeah. strange stone arches and just faded like 
uh, sunset blending in from like purple to red in the skies and stuff. He'd, he'd just do these really crazy things. It's just wow. like, whoa. Well, Garfield had Odie and, <laughs> and Nermal. <laughs> yeah, but I, I would say start with some of those Sunday strips and see if those don't yeah. uh, impress you. But. All right, yeah. <laughs> If you're gonna explore that direction, he, that that would be the place to see where yeah, he was. That that's him at his peak. Right. That's what he was ultimately. Uh, that was his highest. Working towards that, and then yeah. he got in. And, yeah. Right. And then he kind of. But sounds good. Yeah. And, but yeah, whatever. I, I like Calvin and Hobbes. What can I say? There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying, just saying you like Garfield. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I love Garfield. I always did. Yeah, I would say I I liked Garfield a lot, like earlier on, and then yeah. later on it faded for me. I don't know. I don't know anything about periods of Garfield, but I just yeah. know like. He had his lasagna, and I watched fucking Garfield and Friends on TV. Oh yeah, yeah, the cartoons <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. And I loved his. He had a. Uh, there was like a Christmas special one that I re- remember. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. What, there a was bunch. a special where he went to fucking Hawaii. Oh. <laughs> and I watched the that shit out of that one. Sort of familiar somehow. Yeah. Yeah, there's something with the volcano, and, and I I just I watched that so many fucking times. I recorded it, and just I loved the shit out of that one. Don't know what it's called though. Mm. Garfield goes Hawaii or something. <laughs> some dumb thing like that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so. I mean that that older period of Garfield. Yeah. The eighties era. I think I'd agree with you on. And as it kept going, I kinda got tired of it. It seemed really repetitive and yeah. like it, it like it had used up all its ideas and now it was just kind of like going on momentum. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the checks rolling in. Yeah. Poor so, Garfield sold down. Yeah. I, I, every time I've seen it more recently, it's just been kind of like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't really. Uh, Poor Garfield. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like it's well past its prime at this point. But uh, well, It has been a while. It's, it's Yeah. It's still, still going. It's been a while. Did you like the far side? Yeah, I was a big fan of the far side. Oh my god, that shit is so funny. <laughs> I fucking loved that. Uh, well, a lot of far side I just didn't get. Oh, really? And uh, but I'm when read I read them again. Yeah, when I did get them, I was like, "Oh, that's amazingly odd." And then other times it'd just be like, "What?" <laughs> Uh, but no matter what, it was always like weird and just uh, like yeah, memorably yeah. weird. I love his sense of humor. Yeah, I used to fucking die at those. I'd get the books and <laughs> and at uh, at work we'd get the uh, the daily calendar where you'd rip them off. Oh you yeah, know? yeah, and we'd so and then I think I've saved still, the good ones. And, yeah, I, I think I've still got one of those that like after like a few days into it, I was like, wait. I can't be tearing these off. They're gone when I tear them. I just need to keep this in one piece and just... Well, you don't throw them away. <laughs> you tear them off and you put it in the box. And then you have the box full of the whole thing. And that's what we did. Yeah. But then the really good ones cut them out. And I like, put them on the wall or... 
Yeah. I had one that I put uh, when I had the bug. I had it uh, on the dashboard with the magnet. I can't mm. remember what the fuck it was. Something with the gorilla, and it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> but I don't remember. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, I'd say a second place to Calvin and Hobbes. That was, yeah, it was a little below, but not not too far. I fucking love Far Side. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, I don't know that, what that has to do with Reanimator. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there was a Far Side Reanimator joke. Who knows? Fuck yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say there's probably a Frankenstein one. Oh, I'm sure there is. There's got to be a Frankenstein one somewhere in there. I want to say there is one, and I'm just not remembering it right. But yeah, it, it feels like something that I vaguely remember. Yeah, like I, I, I can, I have this little <laughs> image in my head of what Frankenstein would look like drawn by Gary Larson. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well. That's something to ponder. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) All right. Well, that's what are we doing here? Yeah, we're we're uh, we're running down the rabbit hole. Yeah, let's. uh, We've we've left Reanimator in the in the dust. It's time to get the bone sod. Put the fucking (laughs) put it through the heart of this fucking long-winded podcast. Yeah, we're just gonna keep rambling so yeah. entertaining movie it's good you'd watch it again maybe yeah um if it was on yeah not gonna seek it out probably not gonna hunt it down again but yeah it's all right horror fans so write in all your hate mail <laughs> <laughs> to steven <laughs> at silver <emotion.com. laughs> no no, I would say that uh, you enjoyed it. And so, uh, fucking audience. <laughs> See ya. I don't know. Click, clap, off your feet on the stairs. I know you're no scared, honey. I'll be a beast if you just come upstairs, but...